0: Topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now, welcome Integrative Dieticians Allie Miller and her co host Becky Yu. Welcome
1: to the Naturally Nourished Podcast we're joining us for episode 285, UTIs, BV, and the vaginal microbiome. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the importance of pH balance, lifestyle factors, and the impact of vaginal flora in hormone balance, fertility, STDs, and even cancer risk.
2: Yes, there is actually so much going on in the microbiome of your vagina and it can impact a whole multitude of conditions. So even if you're someone that hasn't had a yeast infection or bacterial vaginosis in years or ever, this is still a relevant episode for you. And really, mothers of teenagers, as you heard Becky mention, making sure that you have an optimal microbiome in your vaginal canal can ensure that you actually prevent against sexually transmitted diseases. We see it preventing against cervical cancer and so much more. So really important information in today's episode, and we can't wait to share all of the stuff that's maybe not always the most fun and comfortable to
1: chat about, but we're going to devote an hour to it. We're talking about it. (laughs) Let's go. All right. Um, before we dive into that, let's just have some quick updates. First and foremost, our Beat the Bloat program is about to kick off. And this will for sure be relevant to today's content because oftentimes when we're talking about imbalanced vaginal flora, doing a Beat the Bloat cleanse is one of the first places that we go. Or if we're having recurring yeast infections or recurring UTIs, I often will lead with that cleanse and get fantastic outcomes
2: absolutely your microbiome of your gut is totally connected to urogenital health and sometimes just working through the gut is enough to have an impact in that area even so when we're dealing with dysbiosis and even just an overgrowth of common or more neutral playing bacteria we are going to have imbalance in the body's expression so we're looking at doing this beat the bloat cleanse to really plow the microbiome to take ownership, if you will, or make sure that the microbiome is in an optimized, balanced mode. So once you kind of plow the gut, then you can strategically reseed. And in that process, you can ensure that you're in a symbiotic state of good gut flora that's working to reduce inflammation, to aid in supporting metabolic health, to balance your hormones, to reduce oxidative stress, and of course, improve bloating,
1: distension, and bowel regularity. Okay. So let's talk through kind of the logistics of the program. So our program kicks off April 6th. It's going to be three live classes. So kind of at the beginning, April 6th, the midpoint, April 27th, and then toward the end of your cleanse on May 18th, it is $65. And this is going to include those three live classes. They'll be taught via Zoom. I believe we decided on 7 p.m.
0: Yep, Central so. mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Central Time. Yeah, 7 p.m. Central Wednesday Time. Um, but also recorded for those who cannot catch it live or want to rewatch. Um, there will be seven weeks of support or uh, chat forum support. So starting um, as you're enrolling in the program through when you complete your cleanse, so you can ask all of your cleanse-related questions troubleshoot with the group and bounce things off of us as you're going through every moment of your cleanse. Um, and that'll be done on Slack. And then it also is going to include the Beat the Bloat ebook, which was updated, I believe in 2020 or 2021. Um, right. The most recent edition of the Beat the Bloat ebook. So we throw that in at a 99 value. Um, and then we'll also be including a pretty big discount on both the MRT and stool tests which are the two main tests that we would do for someone who is dealing with bloating digestive distress etc gut drama Yes. yes
2: so this is great value at only $65 make sure you're gonna go on over and grab your spot first time that we're ever offering this beat the bloat program and I think that there's such huge value in just that $65 offering especially seven full weeks of the support chat that Becky and I will be directly moderating because when you're doing the beat the bloat cleanse if you've done it once or maybe you've done it three times there's always something to layer on and something to troubleshoot so if you break out in the middle of that what are we seeing do we want to get to the bottom of your biofilms do we want to up your cellular antioxidants or lead with inflammas if we're seeing constipation what do we want to do to ensure that we're getting that bowel motility to truly detoxify during the cleanse and so much more so this is where we'll really be doing some more of that hand-holding which can be absolutely invaluable and ensure that you really get optimal outcomes so go on over to AllieMillerRD.com and grab a spot today in the beat the bloat program we can't wait for you to join us
1: all right and let's have a quick word for For our sponsor for this episode, Santa Cruz Medicinals.
2: Yes. So cannabidiol or CBD is a non-psychoactive cannabinoid or compound from marijuana plant. And it is going to be a great tool for neurogenitive health as well as neurological health. We see big impact on reduction of oxidative stress and regulation of inflammation, as well as reduction of anxiety and playing a harnessing role on that HPA fight or flight access. So Santa Cruz Medicinals provides really potent and pure CBD direct to consumers and a third party test to ensure that there are no toxic byproducts, no molds or contaminants. And that you're getting a dose that's actually going to have an impact so I use CBD in my clinic for individuals that need some support with sleep individuals that deal with headaches or migraines as well as anxiety and stress that's in an excessive mode all the way down to individuals that are having bowel irregularity anywhere from clenching from chronic stress or having bas- bowel spasms from high stress response Uh, this is a great tool we can add on and watch our outcomes through a challenging dose the friends at santa cruz medicinals recommend doing 100 milligrams for one week so that would be a 100 milligram dosage for seven days and then watching what you witness changing in your body and adjusting a dosage that works best for you generally we're looking for at least 50 milligrams and they provide really clean tinctures for liquid and uh, flexible dosing and they also have some fantastic capsule options for those that prefer capsules and some of those combine other therapeutics like lion's mane or l-theanine or valerian root if we're looking to relax a little bit deeper so go on over to scmedicinals.com and use the code allymillerrd at checkout when you use my code you will save 15 percent on that order
1: and you will get free shipping all right, let's do it. So, this topic has taken us 285 episodes to really get to. So, I guess maybe the not the most appealing or, you know, pleasant to talk about, but I think it's so in- essential and and something that I know I frequently, I just discussed it with a client today of coming up with a plan of like, okay, when something starts to feel off, here's how we get ahead of that UTI and here's what we need to be doing, you know, on a supplemental level. Um, Here's how we need to be changing diet, et cetera. So I think really big impact in clinic that we talk about day in and day out.
2: Right. And I, I know that we hit on it a little bit when we first launched the women's flora probiotic and we talked about the importance of considering probiotic vaginal inserts like following swimming in lakes in the summer or you know sitting in yoga pants for long periods of time but today's really going to get nerdy in 20 plus years of clinical literature on the vaginal microbiome and how that impacts whole body health and i think that you know we're talking this year, more about adenomyosis, and we're talking a little bit more about some of the impact of, you know, the uterus. I believe we did a whole episode about about the uterus we and did, vagina yeah. or something. So I'm like, whoa, look at us go today. Um, but you know, this is really addressing when we're talking about imbalance in the floor itself, and this is when we think about like the uncomfortable elements. It's like, yeah, we're talking about things like sticky discharge, and we're talking about fishy odor and things that maybe aren't the most pleasant to discuss, but definitely important because these are indicators of really dynamic imbalance balance and aren't to be looked over or ignored okay and
1: before we get to like strain specific talking about vaginal microbiome let's just lay a foundation for listeners of the impact again on uh, of the microbiome on whole body health
2: Yes. So, you know, we're always saying like, it's really important. It feels like every food is medicine episode and here's probiotics and this is what they do. They can reduce, like I said, oxidative stress. They can upregulate your natural killer cells. They can impact your immune system. So the microbiome would be a big area of focus or an area to make sure that we are exploring in individuals that have any form of an autoimmune condition, of course or are dealing with immune insufficiency, and so chronic infections, um, individuals that are dealing with mono or are dealing with long-haul symptoms from COVID infection and so forth, these would be a big area that are probably also having some imbalance in this area. So we're looking at about the whole microbiome and then thinking, let's make sure that everything's going well in that vaginal space as well. We also would watch individuals that are dealing with mood disorders because we know that this is connected to microbiome imbalance, especially those that are under chronic stress these individuals are going to be in a more susceptible sterility state we've talked about how stress can actually deplete the lacto and bifido strains and those are the two that play a big role in manufacturing your serotonin and GABA so super important to screen extra those clients that are dealing with anxiety or depression or just living in a high stress environment Um, Of course, individuals that have gut issues, so anyone from inflammatory bowel disease with Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, as well as individuals that are dealing with IBS. So whether we're just dealing with bloating, distension, maybe SIBO or dysbiosis. Of course, if that's been diagnosed, we'd most definitely be looking at the vaginal microbiome, but really any form of digestive disturbance I think would be another indicator. And then of course, anyone in the world of gynecological health concerns, because we're looking at this urogenital area and optimizing it for balance. So we're looking at individuals that are looking to manage hormones. So That's really everyone. So, you know, if we're talking about teenagers trying to regulate their cycles all the way through perimenopausal transition and so forth, hormones can have a big impact if we're looking at optimizing or modulating hormone expression fertility we see a huge influence on the microbiome and we'll dig into that today more strategically uterine and vaginal health issues all the way down from actual tissue thinning and atrophy we can see an impact based on the flora that's in the vaginal canal all the way through lubrication and uh, ph balance which regulates of course susceptibility to infection we can see impact with fibroids endometriosis PCOS, adenomyosis, and then most directly,
1: the bacterial vaginosis and yeast vaginitis. Yes. Okay. So obviously when we're addressing, you know, those latter areas of of concern, there's direct consideration of that vaginal microbiome. But unfortunately, it, it often goes overlooked or under discussed, right? Unless you have like a direct, you know, infection and you're going to your OB and, you know, complaining of, you know, discharge or itching or discomfort, and in that case, you're going to get, you know, the recommendation for Difucan or Monistat or an antibiotic. Um, but nobody's really talking about these other factors. Nobody's talking about it with hormone imbalance, certainly. Right, right. Um, Most definitely. Uh, but... Let's let's just cover maybe why our vaginal microbiome is at such a great risk for imbalance in the first place.
2: Yes. Yeah, so you know the biggest and most overt comment I have to say there is that like your gut is a pretty closed circuit system, uh-huh. you know, um, and the urogenital system is a combination of, of course, your ner- your urinary tract and your reproductive system, and they are both open to an external environment. So we know that our urinary tract is often prone towards like E. coli contamination from fecal matter from like yoga pant wearing and such. And that's when we're looking at often a urine catch. We can see pathogenic bacteria. We also know that, of course, reproductive system is open to an external environment, which would be experienced through sexual intercourse. So we can see that there is an impact with an endogenous imbalance, which would be what comes from inside the body, or an exogenous impact. Uh, And this is where we can really see dynamic impact on our microbiome. So we can see endogenous or inside the body impact from things like birth control, Antibiotics, we know often yeast infections flare following an antibiotic, mm-hmm. and that would be an endogenous impact. Uh, but then exogenous would be things like swimming in chlorine um, or even lakes and rivers, because you could be exposed to a living pathogen, or the chlorine could be more of that sterility impacting the pH and imbalancing. We could see yoga pants as an exogenous again, or you know thong, thong-wearing for sure. Uh, stress would be more of an endogenous impact, influencing the hormones, which would drive the sterility. Uh, Sex would be, of course, the exogenous, body washes would be the exogenous, your menstrual cycle would be an endogenous impact, but we definitely see individuals that get more bacterial infections and yeast infections around cycle time. And then diet, of course, as diet can support or drive imbalance in the microbiome would have more of that endogenous influence as well, more direct through the gut. Okay, so
1: open system is kind of the big yeah. difference yep. there for lack of a better way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's dig more just starting with maybe that stress and microbiome impact because, again, I think this is an area that's you know under-talked about and, and overlooked.
2: Yeah, you know, I think that a lot of us are prone to get way down the rabbit hole in the stress story and just overlook the power of probiotics, which I've said time and time again are nature's Prozac. There is such a communication pathway be- between our neurons, our endocrine system, and our immune response. So, you know, when we're dealing with dysbiosis, we're going to be seeing more increased permeability in the gut. We're going to see that translocation of bacteria. And we start to see a chronic inflammatory cascade occur in the body. This can disrupt how our mucosal immune system responds. So all of a sudden, we're getting an upregulation of mast cell in the body or of T cell or neutrophils. And the immune system starts to attack those foreign invaders of food antigens, as well as the bacterial overgrowth in the body with the dysbiosis and this can impact dynamically our motility this can impact compounds that will impact our hormones we'll talk about beta gluconuridase and revisiting that and fecal transit time and how that influences hormones but directly we see neurotransmitter impacted and this is where we're looking at our corticotropin releasing factor which is the stimulus for cortisol production and the impact of serotonin and so there's that Really um, dynamic chicken and egg response of when we're under high chronic stress, the brain gut access perpetuates the imbalance that the stress drives and then releases stress driving compounds, which creates this very difficult web to get out of sure sure and and amazing you know that stress alone can sterilize
1: our microbiome right
2: yeah so you know you might not even be susceptible to imbalance or have the symptoms of dysbiosis but just the sterility alone Mm -hmm. creates the environment and opportunity for overcoming bacteria from the poor poor types or those pathogenic
1: compounds okay um so let's talk maybe microbiome and hormone connection next in terms of the impact on urogenital health?
2: So OK, so the microbiome has a direct interaction with various hormones, namely estrogen, androgens, insulin. Uh, so when we think of estrogen, it's looking at beta glucuronidase activity. And beta-gluconaridase activity is going to impact the metabolism of the body because beta-gluconaridase is going to influence how much estrogen is circulating through the body. So when beta glucuronidase activity is too high, this liberates more circulating estrogen levels. And this is where we'll have more risk for endometriosis or cancer risk. When beta glucuronidase activity is suppressed or too low, and this is often a more sterilized gut, we'll often see dysbiosis driving excessive beta gluconeridase. In a sterilized gut, we can often see that impacting metabolism, mood, and even heart health. So again, that's where that stress connection of we think of only cortisol driving that belly fat, and it might not be that it's driving excess estrogen, but it can actually be that suppression of estrogen and that low beta-gluconuridase that can impact metabolism
1: unfavorably. Super interesting.
2: Yeah, and then we can even see that the microbiome can impact the preventative effect of our 17-beta estradiol and this is what impacts our endotoxemia or the influence of lps in the body so when we have good balance in the microflora we can see that that seven beta estradiol is going to be protecting against the inflammatory response of gut barrier infection so when we see lps up and we see dysbiosis we know that that's actually going to be interfering with this protective form of estrogen as well because it's going to demand that influence to help to regulate that inflammatory response. We know also that the probiotics of the lactobacillus flora play a direct role with lactic acid and that's going to impact our vaginal ph which keeping the vaginal ph more acidic is going to be more protective against infection risks so this includes sexually transmitted disease infection as well as infection with bacterial vaginosis or yeast overgrowth and then we know also that the microbiome really interestingly enough regulates oxidative stress and inflammation in the uterus and so this is where we can see mechanisms that can be protective in uterine tissue as far as fertility and then even that oxidative stress impacting cervical cells protecting against cervical cancer
1: okay Um, So really cool and super important stuff, right? Um, And and when we're in this state of dysbiosis or bacterial imbalance, we can see a lot of issues so let's unpack some of these you know specific now to hormones and and gynecological issues
2: yeah so when the body's in that dysbiotic state you know if i'm kind of following that order and we're going back to that beta days, you know that's where we're going to see also more obesity again more body fat i mentioned um, we'll see more insulin resistance in a dysbiotic state. We will see more propendency towards endometriosis and breast cancer if dealing with dysbiosis, as well as polycystic ovarian syndrome. We can see bacterial uh, infection through um, BV, so vaginal infection of bacterial vaginosis or the yeast infections. We can even see, like I said, the STDs that I mentioned. Uh, we can see vaginal odor and discharge early term labor and infertility can be seen with vaginal dysbiosis. And then, um, and do that, you know, there was a whole study that looked at particular strains, uh, higher levels of, and I'm going to botch this word, snethia, amini, but S-N-E-A-T-H-I-A, Snithia amine, correlated to more pro-inflammatory cytokines in vaginal fluid. Um, And so when they did vaginal swabs, they could see that this particular dysbiotic flora actually drove more of a cytokine storm, essentially, in the vaginal area, and that created that early labor. So it is really important to note that UTIs and bacterial vaginosis can lead to pelvic inflammatory disease, infertility. Ectopic pregnancy premature labor low birth weights chronic pain increased vulnerability to STDs and so much more and so we can be pro vigilant by supporting with the known good floras to prevent those underlying infections which often go overlooked and then we're
1: dealing with chronic inflammatory issues. Totally. And I know like group B strep can weaken your bag of waters during pregnancy and cause early labor in that sense as well. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of in the same, uh, in the same bucket. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk pH balance and what that really means. Like we always see like, you know, these products geared toward women of like pH balanced body wash or like fresh whatever. Um, But what does pH balance actually mean and how does that impact our microbiome versus how the microbiome impacts pH because I know it's okay. kind of double edged. It there. is. It always is.
2: Uh, so you know the pH of the stomach, if y'all remember, is one one to two, so super super highly acidic. The vaginal pH level is between a three point eight to a 5.4, five, Excuse me, four point five. So three point eight to four point five, and this is moderately acidic. And in your peak reproductive years, you will have a more lower pH or a higher acidity in in the vaginal ph area and as you go through perimenopause and menopause this will slowly elevate up to that 4.5 level and this is significant because acidity again is a chemical barrier to prevent dysbiosis so that's overgrowth of bacteria or yeast the acidity or that lower ph value creates a barrier that prevents unhealthy bacteria and yeast from multiplying and prevents infection And we also know, though, if we're too acidic, so if we're too low in that pH, that that in itself can drive infertility because sperm thrive in an alkaline environment. So the optimal pH for sperm to swim is more of a 7 to 8.5. And so there is a sweet spot. And there's a lot of now studies looking at, you know, we don't want to drive that ph lower than the 3.5 but we also don't want it going up to that 4.5 world
1: because that in itself also could drive imbalance sure and and could be a reason that like you know perimenopausal menopausal women are seeing more utis in that mm-hmm. time stamp absolutely more alkaline that's okay. right mhm
2: yes so when we're talking about, I mentioned beta glucuronidases prior, and um, you know these are enzymes that regulate estrogens. So our gut microbial activity is going to impact the beta glucuronidase enzymes, and these are the ones that play a role with our metabolism of our estrogen. And again, these are the ones that are going to regulate how much estrogen is circulating through the body. And so this also makes another important piece of looking at vaginal flora with aging because as we're aging we see more of a need actually for some circulating estrogen and so if we are in a sterility level this can be a favorable way to actually support some beta gluconidase activity we don't want an excess of activity when the body's imbalanced but we also don't want suppressed activity because that would unfavorably lower our estrogen levels and as we've talked
1: in the last couple weeks there's a sweet spot with estrogen metabolism Okay. And then we've covered how pH obviously can be impacted by lifestyle. Aging alone will impact um, pH. And then shifts in the microbiome with aging can also impact vaginal atrophy.
2: Yeah. So this is a third area, right? So unfortunately, as we age, we're seeing the pH go up. We're seeing the beta gluconidase enzyme activity reduce. So we're getting less circulating estrogen. And then there's also the impact that Our vaginal flora can impact vaginal tissue so vaginal atrophy is thinning of vaginal tissue or tissue tearing and that's what we see with painful intercourse and lower lubrication so we do know that the lactic acid that is produced by the lactobacillus species are associated with that healthy vaginal flora and they produce these different bacteriostatic and bactericidal components, which both create that lactic acid to lower the pH, um, but also particularly will fight against infection. And when we're looking at the microbiome of the perimenopausal mode, we know that the lactobacillus levels are decreasing, and we see that as one driver of that pH change. But this is also shown in vaginal atrophy studies. So we see that the lactobacillus decreases, and then there's types of flora, the anaerococcus the peptinone phyllis and the proteovella, to the best of my pronunciation, (laughs) but we'll link the research study in our our show notes as we always do. Um, But those flora will increase with age and there is a mechanism of action of that flora shift actually driving tissue
1: degradation or breakdown. Okay. So likely those women want to be on, you know, a a very specific targeted probiotic like our women's flora, but let's get into more just on the, the functional medicine approach to optimal vaginal and hormonal health kind of in general like where do we start if we suspect something is off
2: yeah so you know I think the first thing to do is to assess for sterility dysbiosis or symbiosis at least starting with the gut and so this can be done with our candida quiz so we will send in today's uh, show notes the link for our quiz which would be a really good indicator if you need the beat the bloat cleanse for sure And that'll note that in the recommendations based on your scoring. So symptom assessment is a really good place to start. And then, of course, conversation with your functional practitioner. Uh, vaginal swab is one way to get, of course, diagnostics to see if there is a known pathogen. But the issue with vaginal swab, just like conventional stool tests, is that often there is so many—you know—hundred trillion cells of bacteria in our body, and often the DNA of particular dysbiosis may not be identified in the standard bacteria that's tested in a swab. So we know, like stool tests in LabCorp and Quest world, don't test for Klebsiella pneumoniae; they only test for E. coli and Salmonella salmonella, and C. diff. So vaginal swab could overlook and give you a false negative, but it could also be a diagnostic tool. Same as stool test. If you're doing a stool test, I would definitely recommend more of a functional lab. We use uh, doctor's data, so we could link our three-day stool test with parasitology and then the other way without the expensive diagnostics is to just do our probiotic challenge and you know this is of course that approach we haven't talked about it i guess in like over 20 episodes becky have we what how's that like the actual (laughs) how we actually do it i think you should tell
1: everyone how we do the probiotic
2: challenge sure thing
1: (laughs) um so we have a great um blog that i will link to that you can kind of read along with what i'm saying so solidifies and, and makes sense, but essentially what we're doing is we are using our restore baseline probiotic, and that's going to be a 50, 50 blend of 15 billion cultures of just lacto and bifidobacteria. So no prebiotics, no funky stuff to throw off your results or throw off the gut. And what we're doing is we're taking a baseline. So for three days, we're going to have you take waist circumference measurements at rise and rest with no change, no addition of of probiotic yet. So just kind of getting ready, getting primed. Um, You want to keep like a little notebook on your nightstand so you can record at rise and rest and probably like a sewing tape would be the best option for like a flexible measurement around that waist. Um, And you're looking typically at like the belly button area, but if you tend to see more distension or bloating either above or below, you could measure a secondary point as well. Um, And then starting on the night four, I guess it is, you would start with one capsule of the Restore Baseline probiotic taken at bed. Um, And so every three days, you're increasing in one capsule amount. So the first three days of active challenge, you're doing one capsule, then you're upping it to two, then three for three days, then four for three days. So you want to go all the way up the scale up to four total capsules, which equates one uh capsule of our targeted strength probiotic yeah. actually um and throughout that whole time you're taking those baseline measurements every you know morning at rise Standing up, not lying down. I just want to clarify that. We <laughs> oh, that's had some a good questions. one. That's a
2: good point because um, it's
1: totally flatter laying down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, standing up and, and not like sucking it in, but also no, not like relaxed. pooching out your belly intentionally. Yeah. So just relaxed, normal. Um, there's going to be a little bit of variance just based on, you know, water and food consumption. But we're really looking at, you know, more than an inch, inch and a half of, of variance. And some people see dynamics of like three four. to four inches totally. of variance. Um, So you're recording that and then you're recording any other um, shift or change, especially related to digestive health. So increase in bloating or all of a sudden I'm like belching nonstop or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we went from diarrhea to more formed stool could be a positive shift. But Mm -hmm. anything that changes um, in terms of your Digestive symptoms, um, I'd say anything that changes like skin-wise, or yes. um, if you are doing this because there's something going on more like vaginal microbiome, if you have an increase in itching or mm-hmm. an increase in discharge, discharge yeah. I would note those things kind of as well for that whole qualitative assessment. And then based on your results, so if things tend to improve and get better as you go up the line with the probiotic, um, and you're seeing more formed stool by the time you get to four a day. You're likely just going to lead with um, getting on that targeted strength probiotic. And you likely are in more of a state of sterility where you're benefiting from more probiotics. If things stay pretty neutral, not a lot of change, you likely can hang out with just the restore baseline, you know, one at bed. Um, and then if things devolve or get worse, which yep. in a lot of cases they do, like if we suspect this and we go in and test, um, that's when you're going to go ahead and do the beat the bloat, assess, uh, beat the bloat cleanse uh, to really get in there, plow the field, and then we're going to strategically in phase two of that reseed with good bacteria. Yes. Did I so miss anything? You did it all. No, <laughs> okay. I think you
2: did it all. It's very okay. thorough. So like Becky said, we have the video on YouTube. We'll link the yeah, videos video so you can like watch and, us doing yeah. it and then the protocol. Uh, so a lot of support for you there. And so if you're on the fence and you've heard other episodes of us talking about the importance of the microbiome, you know, even and the mood connection or microbiome immune connection, This is really a great, affordable way to assess. I do a probiotic challenge a couple times a year, and honestly, most of the time, I'm just living on targeted strength and the rebuild spectrum and the women's flora because I just see such good outcomes, and why not drive the Cadillac if you got the keys to it kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how I kind of roll typically, but I also need to do the Beat the Bloat Cleanse at least once a year. Most of the time, I've, I've had some years where I've done it three times within a year, and generally speaking, it's at about the like 24 to 30 week mark from the last time I did one that I need to start another I am just someone that has some resistant dysbiosis and I find especially with my endometriosis and some of my areas of hormone imbalance that my definitely my urogenital body feels better usually like the 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 density in my uterus is a big area that I feel impact from doing the beat the bloat and we know that some of the compounds especially like the berberine that's in the berberine boost product which is used in the beat the bloat bundle that that actually impacts our uterine tissue and so we've seen fibroids reduce with use of berberine and therapeutic levels so you know again if this resonates with you definitely consider grabbing a spot in our beat the bloat program in april and um, for sure, if that doesn't work for you, at least getting the beat the bloat bundle and getting going with the regimen. So, if we see dysbiosis in a functional medicine state, we're going to use the berberine boost, which is that berberine hydrochloride. It has Oregon grapefruit extract and golden seal in there, so a lot of traditional Chinese herbs to support an anti-inflammatory therapeutic balancing effect in the microbiome. And then we are doing an essential oil blend gel capsule, which is thyme, oregano, sage, and lemon balm and this is blended in also with dry lemon balm herb and this provides that aromatic support for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth as well as uh, support for yeast overgrowth and microbiome support and we see that a lot of these herbs play a role with hormonal balance so this is a compound in the herbal immune is the name of the formula and we use this often for like pmdd if we're having mood issues towards the end of our menstrual cycle we know that the lemon balm and sage have really favorable hormone and also um, female uh, tissue support in that area. And then we look at beyond cleansing or kind of plowing the gut with the berberine uh, boost and the herbal immune, bringing in some support for detox. So our Beat the bloat bundle has our uh, ultimate detox formula in there. And we recommend getting like two to four per day. As we'll talk about in our program, often we're recommending individually in clinic or ourselves, we're just going to take one of our detox packs with the Reset, Restore, Renew Detox Pack, which has the added milk thistle and dandelion. You get those bitters and that liver gallbladder phase one. And then you still get three of those ultimate detox pack uh, capsules excuse me, in each pack, as well as an antioxidant blend. And then we may also, outside of the bundle, be layering in some biofilm support. So, this is where we're looking at proteolytic enzymes and turmeric potentially in our inflammasome or N-acetylcysteine in our cellular antiox. We're going to layer in specifically for urogenital health, more amounts of cranberry for biofilm support. So you get that cranberry seed extract in the phytofiber supplement, which would be a big tool. And then D-mannose, um, this is a great formula for frequent UTIs because it helps with the adhesion of bacteria in our urinary tract. And then if we have known vaginal dysbiosis, so BV or BY, so bacterial vaginosis or um, yeast vaginitis, we would do a boric acid suppository. So this is what I'll use in clinic as an alternate to going on an oral antibiotic if an individual has a tested positive BV or yeast infection. And that will go for about 10 to 14 days as a suppository. I'll also have them insert the Ultraflora women's at the off time about eight hours separated from the boric acid, so that they aren't going too
1: aggressively low with that pH. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Versus just doing an antibiotic or just doing a suppository to like kill, 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 um, having the the kind of counterbalance. So you would do like first thing in the morning, the women's flora, and mm-hmm. then last thing in the evening, probably the boric acid yes. just because I think that can be a little more messy and yeah. you know a little more discharge yeah, created little with more that. Discharge. Mm-hmm. Um but like ten to fourteen days, you said. Yep. Yeah, and be then I would good. keep okay. going.
2: You know, I mean it's so important post dysbiosis that we ensure that we support the sterility because the probacteria is our proactive defender against future infection. And so I think it's again so important to think that this is an offense and a defense. Uh-huh. And that even if you don't fail the quiz, if you we'll talk about individuals that are high risk. But basically right anyone that's exposed in the exterior area sexually active people period yeah. you know it doesn't matter if you're a teen or you're a married individual and we're not necessarily always worrying about std but even just having that exchange totally of yeah. the external ph shifts i think that it's definitely an area to be pro vigilant about
1: i think that's a really good point and um you know if you are someone susceptible to uh yeast infections and things like that knowing that your partner can be the one passing that back and forth too yeah. and so like If you're doing the beat the bloat cleanse for the third time because you're having chronic infections, I would get your partner on board one way or the other um, to go ahead and do that and then follow with a probiotic regimen for him as well. Yes. You know,
2: honestly, I was never taught that with any of my functional medicine training. And I remember about six years ago having like a huge aha moment with the client and being like oh because she would be like oh yeah my husband he drinks so much beer he's always you know burping and belching and he i just can't get him on the naturally nourished plan whatever and she was dealing with such Mm -hmm, chronic mm -hmm. imbalance and i finally was like he's giving it to you like you keep treating it and he keeps giving it back to you like he needs to get on board at least so that you can push the reset button collectively um so I think that that's definitely a huge piece of the puzzle so definitely if this is an area of focus a time to ensure that your partner's on board with participating with you so that you're not just
1: playing cat and mouse Totally, you're swapping microbiomes guys and (laughs) yeah that's true Um, yeah. Uh, great sex ed too, I think, for like teenagers. Like, who do you yeah. want to swap your microbiome it, with? We need to be really strategic about this, Very right? true. Yeah. Absolutely. Not talked about enough for no. sure. No. Okay. Um, so we're talking about specific strains then yes. um, that are... Uh, protective of this vaginal area so let's maybe dig into to what strains we're looking at with that women's flora and you know what we want in a product as a baseline
2: yes so when we're talking about the women's flora this has two billion colony forming units and it's 1 billion each of two different lactobacillus strains. And so when we're talking about probiotics, remember it's really important to have that strain ID um, and be really specific about what we're looking at to get efficacy. So it's not just lactobacillus, but we're looking at lactobacillus raminis. And then not just lactobacillus raminis, but we're looking at lactobacillus raminis GR1. And then we're also looking at lactobacillus ruteri RC14. So these are the two most well-researched strains. They have over 20 years of clinical literature on them and showing that symbiotic state of vaginal microbiome balance. And this would be a really important piece of the puzzle. And then I always recommend getting a lactobifido blend as more of a foundational probiotic. So like Becky mentioned, that would be the restore baseline probiotic at 15 billion or that would be the targeted strength at four times that potency, which would be the 60 billion. But they're both the exact same 50-50 blend of lacto and bifidobacteria again we selected i won't tell you all the letters and numbers of that because that's not the focus of today but we selected the most well-researched strains of the lactobacillus and bifidobacterium species for gut immune and mood balance and then you might consider if you've dealt with dysbiosis or you have immunoinsufficiency, um, so chronic infections or have experienced dysbiosis or yeast overgrowth or you are someone with an autoimmune condition, you may also decide to layer in a multi-strain blend of you know, seven, eight strains, including Saccharomyces boulardii, Lactoplanetarium 99, and that would be our Rebuild Spectrum probiotic. And this is also the one that we recommend doing post-antibiotics. And even we use this in our Bacteria Rebuild bundle, um, post the Beat the Blow cleanse, we have everyone follow up with the Rebuild Spectrum, which is this multi-strain, Uh, as well as the baseline probiotic. And then they get to use
1: that in their follow-up probiotic challenge. Okay. And um, we actually have a whole episode, I forget what it's called off the top of my head, but where we go super like strain specific and get really nerdy. So I will link that. And I know we did cover um, some of the research on lactobacillus uh, ruteri and lactobacillus rhamnosus in that episode as well. So, I'll link that for y'all in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, beyond um, the bacterial component, also important to address those lifestyle factors that can drive imbalance. Because if we just throw a bunch of supplements at it, the second those supplements go away, the (laughs) lifestyle stuff is still going to be there, right? Absolutely. So I think stress reduction is that, you know, harnessing
2: driver of dysbiosis so we have to address the stress train while we're addressing the microbiome balance and then specific to urogenital health we're looking at clothing choice uh, we're looking at cleansing products lubricant products so again anything that's impacting that orifice essentially and then we're looking at resetting the flora provigilantly after
1: intercourse or swimming Yes. and on the clothing front I know so many of us I'm wearing them right now live in like tight yoga pants so yep. giving yourself a break from those maybe going for like more flowy pants when you can
2: making sure you sleep without underwear yes. and like with yep. like big
1: boxer shorts yep. that's yep. really important airflow too. in there yep all mm-hmm. up in there yes. uh, okay and then let's talk um probiotics as vaginal inserts just a little bit more so we yes. covered this a bit with the boric acid and, and kind of going back and forth but um let's talk about that just in general for ongoing support yeah and
2: i'll explain how to do it because you can't i mean i've had a lot of people be like but how do you do it and it's like well you clean your hands and then you take two fingertips and you pick up a probiotic and you and they're really small yeah they are really really small. Um, and so, you know, as far as the age and comfort level, I would say, you know, as early as a child has used a tampon, it would be appropriate to use a uh, women a, 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 a women's probiotic specific as a vaginal insert for a child that has dealt with BV, UTIs, or yeast infections. You know, so if it's, if it's a swimmer and she's dealing with issues, otherwise, I wouldn't probably do the inserts until sexually active. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's something that can be weighed out in the household based on risk factor. Um, but basically, it's just inserted, and you. want to wear a panty liner usually you would do the uh, women's flora probiotic at bed if you weren't rotating with the boric acid um, because again your vaginal ph will break down the capsule so it will dissolve and there will be a little bit of discharge left behind Um, and some individuals based on their ph might see a little bit of capsule come out um, in the toilet but it should completely dissolve generally speaking Uh, When we use a vaginal insert, we're giving direct tissue support to that targeted area. And so we're going to get lactic acid supported from the lactobacillus strains, and that drives that pH down or creates that acidity, which supports a barrier or defense mechanism for our vaginal tissue. This also proactively rebalances our flora for the good lactobacillus strains, and we'll see a boost in those levels. And again, this can be a prevention or
1: treatment tool for UTIs, BV, and yeast infections. Okay, so we've hit on the specific strains of lactobacillus, the Remnosus GR1 and Ruteri RC14 in terms of outcomes with um, infection prevention and all the things but let's hit maybe some of the other benefits so they can actually have beneficial antioxidant effects yes
2: so again this is very specific to this genus and species that's in the women's flora probiotic but we have seen that there are biological antioxidant protective values with vaginal mucus changes so there was a study that looked at these strains of bacteria it was called probiotics improve urogenital health in women And it demonstrated positive outcomes in the vaginal mucosa, including bacterial balance, improved antioxidant status, and reduced infection risk. But the BAP, or Biological Antioxidant Protection Score,
1: went up significantly with administration of the probiotic strains. Okay, cool. And and that can have implications, as we said, like with cervical dysplasia, or cervical yes. cancer as kind of a big thing, right? I think
2: that's the biggest thing to note is, again, and an important, again, conversation for teens is that when these infections go untreated, mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen teens, the sh- the shock and horror stories in my high school, there was a girl that got toxic shock syndrome, you know, and we used to think sure. of that of you left your tampon in too long, but bacterial infection um, with vaginal canal and UTI can drive really dynamic imbalance in the body and
1: that inflammatory process can drive some severe disorders and you know likely with the antioxidant protection to protection from um, you know virulence of like hpv absolutely strains. or the dysplasia right. in dysplasia hpv that, infection that comes with hpv for sure and preventing
2: yeah. infection overall there's study after study that looks at optimal vaginal flora especially especially these lactobacillus um, strains showing std prevention which i think is super
1: huge yeah get Gardasil, which actually has like no impact at all on rates of HIV, but we won't go there today. No, we Um. (laughs) won't.
2: No, we won't. So let's talk about a couple other um, blind randomized clinical trials. So these are always, you know, the gold standard. So I pulled some highlights to to jump into and then we'll talk some food as medicine and wrap it up. Um, So we're looking at 252 postmenopausal women with recurrent UTIs. And they were randomized to two different groups. One was with a capsule of the women's flora. So a billion each of that GR1 and RC14. And that was a capsule twice daily, which is our recommended more aggressive versus baseline dosage. And then the other group used a placebo. And again, it was double blind. And um, then there was another group that used a placebo and then a tablet with antibacterial compounds, so TMP and SMX. And this was run over 12 months with a three-month follow-up. And they looked at incidence of UTIs, as well as antibiotic resistance. So they saw that there was resistance to several antibiotics um, of E. coli in the urine and fecal samples for the individuals that were treated with the antibiotic, where they did not see that antibiotic resistance at those high of levels in those that used the probiotic. Um, They saw that there was a reduction of UTIs in the 12 months observed in both groups, um, but there was no inferiority target endpoint for the probiotic. Um, There there was not an overlap of the benefit of the antibiotic use, yet the antibiotic did show that there was more of that resistant bacterial imbalance in the body. When they looked at recurrence of UTIs, they saw comparable favorable outcomes um, and both exceeded that of the placebo alone. And then they also saw that the combination of the probiotics were, of course, safe and effective to use on their own. But when they were used with the antibiotic, they also had some protective effects to reduce that antibiotic resistance.
1: Okay. Um, so really equally as effective is, is what we're looking at here and, and not having the... Um, Antibiotic resistance concern. Right. And
2: there was superior in the probiotic group a reduction of the number of recurrent UTIs. Okay. So, I mean, that was the whole kind of outcome that we were looking for. And then there was another uh, group, uh, 544 women ages 18 to 58, and they looked at individuals taking the same two strains of probiotic uh, for six weeks. And they looked at their vaginal microbia compared to a placebo group. And they saw that 61.5% of individuals in the probiotic group experienced a restitution to balanced vaginal microbia compared to 26.9% in the placebo. So a significant increase in the individuals that use the probiotic to see a restitution of balance of microbiome area of the vaginal canal. Um, And so they saw that. And then we also saw that with use of those compounds, that 80% of individuals experienced a health benefit. 79% of individuals reported having an improved quality of life with use of these two strains. Um, probably be a, they didn't get details of like maybe odor or comfort with sexual intercourse, but there was definitely an impact there. It could also direct more of that hormone influence. And then 86% said that they would recommend the two strains in the women's fluoro probiotic to a friend. Or a family member. So I think that that's pretty compelling testament. Uh, yeah. Pretty impressive, I would say, overall. Yeah. And then um, they also looked in this study. There was another study done that looked at these two strains. And they found that 88% of users continued use after 120 days. So this is one that, again, we don't have that just, I don't know if it's helping. We have a definite experiential shift of like, OK, I'm feeling fresher down there. I'm going to keep right. rocking and this out. a while to continue to purchase mm-hmm. and utilize the product. Yep. Yeah, and most see that change within about three to four weeks of use. OK, Fantastic. Um, do we want to cover maybe a few more of like the
1: clinical benefits of, of women's flora specifically?
2: Yeah, and then we'll just wrap up with some food as medicine. So um, again, just kind of looking big picture on the impact. We talked about the microbiome having an impact on oxidative stress, inflammation, tissue damage, and then the benefits of really targeting with these two strains of women urogenital strains. And so when we're using that women's flora probiotic, we can look for reduction and prevention of UTI eyes regulation of bacterial vaginosis reduction and prevention of yeast infections supporting overall vaginal health and tissue aiding in antioxidant status in vaginal area including cervical cells balancing the flora for discharge and odor regulation fertility support Reduced pelvic inflammation, which means less painful intercourse, which is huge. And then a tool truly that I can see clinically relevant from teens all the way through elderly women. And as we talked about in the gentle aging, the risk factor of UTIs only increases further once we hit age 80 and Mm -hmm. so forth. And that's when we're really starting to see sepsis and, you know, the The dynamic brain. yeah. 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 So I think a huge um, beneficial thing to consider for a family member maybe.
1: Okay, let's talk um, maybe food as medicine um, as as kind of the last note here. Um, So what things beyond, you know, inserting a probiotic and taking probiotics, um, maybe we'll go ahead and and do that cleanse. So within that, there are some kind of specific um, diet parameters, but what would be kind of the ongoing support uh, as far as diet?
2: Yeah, so, you know, generally to support microbiome, we look to try to keep carbohydrates regulated because we want to keep glucose levels stabilized Uh, we want to see some ketone production but we still want to get a good variety of phyto compounds antioxidants and fiber so you know keeping total carbohydrates at around that 60 to 75 grams per day would likely be appropriate We'd want to keep grain free, no yeasted foods, limiting the amount of vinegar that we're using daily, especially if susceptible to yeast overgrowth. We'd want to limit or avoid alcohol, refined sugars, and non-caloric sweeteners, which I've talked about in many episodes how, you know, from stevia to erythritol, there is bacterial sterility we see with these non-caloric sweeteners. We'd want to, if we're doing a beat the bloat cleanse, hold the probiotic foods during that. And then we reintroduce those in the second half of the cleanse. And so that's something, you know, we'd kind of walk you through. But if you're not dealing with disposes, you'd want to include a probiotic rich food daily. So a cultured food could come from kimchi or sauerkraut, or this could be using a little bit of miso in your salad dressing or using some Greek yogurt or coconut yogurt if doing dairy free. Um, We're looking to have a good amount of protein, especially if we are doing a cleanse. Um, We know that our biological sources of protein are really going to be easier to digest by the gut, not having any of those lectins or anti-nutrients. But we do want to get fiber from our two cups daily of leafy greens. And within leafy greens is the compound sulfoquinivose, and this has been shown to actually combat yeast infection and candidiasis Um, so another reason to eat your leafy greens for sure Um, we like to get good amount of cruciferous vegetables especially helping with that estrobilome and that hormonal modification there um, aiding in also supporting detoxification if there is debris or slight imbalance that leads us to endotoxemia so we want to support that detox process which then opens up the door to aliens like onion shallots garlic Um, If you don't tolerate them, that's an indicator likely of dysbiosis. So we got to start back into that beat the bloat cleanse. Herb seasoning spices would be great. Um, Our non-denatured grass-fed whey would be fabulous. Uh, We will be talking in a couple weeks all about the non-denatured grass-fed way and some of the compounds in there like lactoferrin um, as well as some of the immunoglobulins can actually have protective um, fight against pathogenic gut bacteria but also can be priming the gut to make more immune compounds to combat imbalance in the microbiome so i think that's a huge element as well beyond the general protein goal
1: Okay, and then maybe doing like a cranberry, uh, I don't know, smoothie or cranberries in like a gelatin form just for that. Influence, of, yeah, especially the for,
2: for that specific D mannose mm-hmm. yep. And getting, and like I mentioned, the phytofiber would be a great sure. tool to get mm-hmm. that into a smoothie. And then tea, um, tea is really fabulous as far as the tannins. And then getting those um, antioxidants also to reduce that oxidative stress um, will play a really powerful role. Um, but the big point is not getting excessive sterilizing compounds or sugar driving compounds that are going to drive that dysbiosis and really getting an abundance of produce as well as protein um, and compounds that are going to help to feed the good gut flora but not drive imbalance
1: okay so we have covered all of the things today Um, as always i will link any relevant studies that we've talked about in the show notes so you can click through those and you know read them at your own um, convenience Do we want to give listeners a code for women's flora since we've talked about it so much? Yeah,
2: you know, again, I just really find this to be a great tool for, you know, teens through adults of any age, especially those that are high stressed women, swimmers, yoga teachers, um, anyone that's looking at family planning or fertility anyone with autoimmune conditions or known gut dysbiosis, as well as girls or women dealing with hormonal conditions. I think that this is a really turnkey area of focus. And then of course, any of those that are dealing with BV yeast infections and such. Um, So I would love to offer, um, you know, first bottle for anyone um, using the code. Or we usually like to let people, what, get two bottles of their first try? Sure.
1: Okay. (laughs) Do you want an extra one? Like this is one, maybe you're not even using it ongoing or you're just pulsing it through the summer but you want one in your medicine cabinet in case something comes up that's like a key so stockpile a few at least capsules yeah yeah let's use the
2: code flora 15 um sounds good to me and so again this is one that you might take every night but especially consider those times of swimming and intercourse to consider that vaginal insert to just reclaim the space um even if you're doing it once a week i think that's enough uh of it having a true impact so i'm excited to hear all of your testimonials of how fantastic and fresh you are feeling and um we will catch you next week on on the Naturally Nourished podcast. If you'd like to join our Beat the Bloat program, go on over to AllieMillerRD. Be sure to grab a spot. And you can use the code FLORA15 to save 15% on women's flora probiotic.
0: Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans.